Hey everybody, I would like to welcome you to another episode of Pop Culture Gems. This is a series where we talk to amazing creators, artists, cosplayers, voice actors, and so much more. If you like the interviews we do with our terrific guests, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the CFG channel. And we also release this Pop Culture Gems on all podcast services or go to our main website, confreaksandgeeks.com to not miss an episode. I am Davis Green, AKA Mr. CFG. And uh, with me today, I have an amazing guest. And if you do not know me by now, I have been obsessed with playing one game this past month. I have all, I have at least dumped over 200 hours uh, messing around with, in Baldur's Gate 3, and I've really wanted to talk to one of my favorite voice at, voices in that game. Uh, she is the narrator guiding you through your adventure, but she has been on other several other great games like Malady in Divinity Original Sin 2 and Nerissa in Pathfinder's Kingmaker. I would like to welcome Amelia Tyler to the show. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. My my life is weird now. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I really seriously bet. Now you know what? It's all your fault for it too. So you can't. Yeah, I, yeah. It's an, I'm I'm entirely to blame. I could have walked away, but I didn't. So I guess I'm just gonna have to deal with it now. Oh my god, yeah. It, it must have yeah, it must have really been insane. Especially like, I mean, this this boot this game has been around like been in production for years and just to yeah. when they said, Hey, we're gonna release this on in two, 2023, I can only imagine what uh, like how like how do you even set yourself up for that, really? I mean you you kinda don't. I think that's the way it goes for a lot of actors, uh, with games of this scale. Cause I've been recording for it for what, three and a half years. Wow. Um, I mean, that's nothing compared to the devs who've been working on it since God knows when. But keeping a secret for that long, I, like I was quite lucky because the scenes or some of the scenes that I was in were, were released fairly early on, like a few months after I started recording, they went into early access. So people recognized my voice and I could talk about it. I was given the nod by the powers that be. Um, so I didn't have to keep it a secret for too long. I feel bad for the actors who had to keep it quiet right up to release. Okay, well, the fun... Because I've been in that position before where you'd, you're sat on this crazy, exciting secret and you've got NDAs up to your eyeballs and you're like, you know, if if I talk about this in public, they will... They can sue me if they want to and take my cats and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> Plus I'd never work again. So Oh yeah, I don't know, not you, the cats. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my priority, honestly. Um Def define like too long though, because like at like uh you're right, like you're saying when you're three years is like people will have probably have to wait maybe I don't know, two months before the end of that three years mm -hmm. to announce it. Like what what was what was the timeline for you? When were you able to announce it? Um I I think I started recording in spring of 2020 and they released Daily Access. God, I can't remember. Was it like June or something that year? I believe time, it was. Time has ceased G to have any meaning. It's that like is true. <laughs> COVID years. What is time now? It's Yeah. Soon. Oh, so basically within that yeah. year. So it was a matter of yeah. months, not like years. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. That's it wasn't cool. too bad. But I've been in that position before where you sat on a secret for so long and you can't say a damn thing, not to like your parents or your friends. It's just like, Mm. <laughs> it's just you and your agent and i think by the time it comes out you have to re-remind yourself of how excited you were at the beginning yes yes that's, you know? that's very true and, uh, fortunately in this case that has not been an issue because the public reaction to it has just been so insane i got reinfected with excitement 
Yes. See, that's <laughs> awesome. It was funny though because, like, I remember I when I bought uh, when they announced Baldur's Gate three because Baldur's Gate one and two was had a piece of my like childhood when I was growing mm-hmm. up. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me just buy it because I, I I thought it was coming out in June that year. And, oh no! Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, you cool thing. Yeah. So like, I bought it, and I'm like, okay, let's get this started. And I'm like, hey, this game doesn't <laughs> feel complete at all. And uh, and I have a yeah. So I'm like, I, I told myself, oh. you know what? My goal, my personal rule is, I have to play a game to be complete, so I can be 100 percent fair to judge it. So mm-hmm. I decided, let me shelf this. I'll wait. And then do this. And then when they announced it this year saying, oh, it's coming out in 2023. And I'm like, wait, did I buy this game? And I looked at my list. I'm like, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, I'm constantly doing that sort of thing. But that's because I've got ADHD. I think of it as past Millie buying me a present. So past you <laughs> bought you a game. Well done, past you. Yes, thank you. I should shake my, I should shake my own hand, my, my past self's hand. You're totally right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get this party started. I have some ah. questions for you. And see, uh, I'd love to talk to you about some and geek out with you a little bit. So yeah. uh, first things first, like what got you into voice acting? Oh, God. I have been voicing since uh, 1986. What? <laughs> I started when I was five years old. Um, what? Oh my yeah. god! I mean, not for video games, but I've been yeah, I've been working as a professional actor since I was five. Uh, so my my mum was an actress, and when she had me and my sister, she decided to get into voice acting because it meant you know less time on the road and uh, you could stay at home a lot more. Uh, and it was back in the days when you had to actually go to the radio stations to record commercials. And she got a booking for a bunch of commercials and didn't have a babysitter that day. So she took me with so she her. Had two kids with you to the... She only took me. I think my my little sister was too young and stayed at nursery or something. I don't oh, know, wow. but I know it was just me and mum. And while I was in there, they, uh, they went, hmm, we've we've got a Christmas commercial and he's a little kid to just be like, I don't know what my feet are. Um, can, can you, you know, like kids are, it's not like advertising, advertising. Um, can she do that? Can she read? Um, <laughs> and at that point I had been in drama lessons for two years cause I had a really bad lisp when I was little. So my mom had sent me to her drama teacher to help train that out of me. Uh, and in doing that, she'd kind of gone, she's sort of good at this. You just should let her carry on. So I I was just having drama lessons. So reading off a piece of paper in front of a microphone really wasn't scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just did it. And that was it for me for the rest of my life. I mean, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's, incre- that's impressive. Like, so was this, so was it something that you were like, I mean, with, ever since you got exposed that you just knew you wanted to do that for the rest of your life? Or was it something like did nothing changed? Uh, I think it's more just, it was something I did. Like mm-hmm. I was a first child. I was very obedient, <laughs> <laughs> which my friends now would find hilarious. I've grown out of that a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but I think it's just, it was something I could do and I could earn some pocket money doing it. And it, yeah, it it felt easy to start with. And it was fun because when you're a kid doing voiceovers, you're just sort of bumbling around being cute. They don't put any pressure on you. It's great. And then I hit the age of, God, I think I must have been 12 or 13. 
And there's a very definite transition that happens with radio commercials where you go from cute kid to we want you to advertise a thing now. You have to read all these words in this amount of time and you've got to hit the beats on this and this and this. And I remember coming out of that recording session just destroyed. I was so bad and I, I didn't deal well with uh, rejection. <laughs> now I know I've got ADHD. That makes so much more sense. But I, I didn't deal well with failure. And I remember being in floods of tears at home, just not understanding why I couldn't do well. And then, uh, it, it, as is my way, I, I kind of sat down and went, well, I can sit here and cry about it, or I can nut up and make myself good. And so every day after school, I would go into my mom's recording studio and I would practice speaking aloud for at least an hour every single day for months and months and months. And that was it. After that, I did radio commercials. I'd already done some TV. I did a little bit of TV, a little bit of movies, a little bit of mocap training eventually. And it all sort of came together <laughs> in the end when I found my home in video games. Oh, so is it just, do you solely do just video game voice acting? You know what I mean? Like you would no, be, no. or okay. <laughs> I was like, you don't want to no, quit yourself God. in the I corner. Mean, I mean, mainly, to be honest, um, I'm very, very fortunate because it's, it's rough making a living doing that. There, there are not that many roles out there and there, there are more these days, but uh, I think it's a commonly spoken about thing now. Making a living through just video game voicing is kind of not possible. You have to do some other things, um, unless you're like super famous in movies. Anyway, that's not an option. Uh, but I think the grounding I had in in commercial radio has really helped me for game voicing, especially for this role, because like I sight read the entire game. I didn't pre look at my scripts. Oh my god! Most of the lines were done in two takes. Most really? of until, until unless there was a line that made us laugh really, really badly or had a weird pronunciation. But yeah, I was just sight reading it. Um, I can't even only imagine how big your script must have been. I mean, like for this game, it had to have been pretty thick. Honestly, I don't know because it changed every week. I, it would it would be a spreadsheet, essentially. And they were writing as we went along. So things were being changed or so I I don't know. They know how many lines I had. I have <laughs> oh no idea. God. I know I had the most lines in the game, but I don't know how many that was. A lot. It's, pro a it's, lot. Probably, it's probably best to leave it as a mystery. For the yeah. Most part. yeah. <laughs> I have the dictionary. <laughs> do, uh, do, you have a, 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 do you have a personal fandom or something that, got, that you like to collect yourself, like on your own? Oh, God, I've got collecting. Like yes. stuff. Like yeah. stuff, anything. Uh, yeah, yeah like I, I collect almost or... everything. No, I um <laughs> I collect wigs because I love role play. I love doing tabletop role play and cosplaying the characters that I play. I I yeah, I collect too many things, but when it comes to like fandoms, um I love miniatures for sure. I'm a, a huge critical role fan, so I have a Molly Mock. Uh, figurine from their like first the first edition figurines they had um oh, wow. i have i have one of those sitting uh in my recording studio so that watched me record all of Baldur's gate 3 um a whole bunch of other ones as well like bioshock figurines and yeah 
Are we going to see you? At, uh, I just hope we're going to see you one year, like one time at Critical Role with you, you and the like Matt and oh, them. Don't tease me. I would, I would love that. I would love the, <laughs> the stuff that they're doing, not just with the main campaign, mm-hmm. but um, their Darrington Press stuff is just so cool. Um, and now they've got the animated series. Happening I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised how they just blew up on like the making uh, of with the Vox Machina and all this other uh. stuff. It's just really crazy. But it's it's really changed the landscape and opened up that sphere to so many more people. It's way more accessible these days because it used to be this dirty little secret, right? Mm-hmm. Of like we play but don't tell anybody, and it's it's cool now. It's cool. It was uh, the game of the devil uh, for the longest of time in, <laughs> in the eighties. Yeah, but that just makes it a little bit more appealing to some people. Let's face it. Like, that is very true. Very yeah. true. It's like, oh, how dare us use your imagination? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but your no, wig. They've, um, they've been. I found out the hard way that I can't say anything now in public, even on my own YouTube video comments, because somebody was like, "Oh, this." Um, God, what was it? One of the outtakes videos that I posted, somebody had gone, oh, that bit there, she sounds a bit like Jester. She could like, if, if Laura Bailey couldn't make it, she could, she could like fill in for Jester. I'm like, I don't want to fill in for Jester. I want to work with Laura Bailey. She's awesome. I, I would make a great Ruby of the Sea, just saying. <laughs> I thought no, no more of it. And then I got an email, yes. Uh, the next day from a friend of mine going, uh, dude, you need to see this Reddit thread. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I found that, clipped it, and put it on the Critical Role Reddit forum, and I was mortified. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the geekiest, most presumptuous thing to have made public. <laughs> hey, look at it this way, though. These small little bits and stuff that your fans are, are doing for you is also giving you exposure to these people from Critical yeah. Role. That you, so you should be surprised that you get like yeah, a, an email I, or something in the future. It's just awkward, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's awkward. I mean, if it leads to something, then I guess I, I owe that person a huge number of flowers and drinks. But <laughs> yeah, I just, I never want to be that person who's like, I can do everything. I deserve a role in blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I was dreaming. <laughs> that was me just like, tra la la, I wonder what it would like to be queen. You know, I wonder what it would be like to be the rearers of the sea or just like anything with those guys, anything with them. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're going to be yeah. talented people. They're not going to be saying, they're going to be like, hey, do you see what the video Tyler is doing? It's like, she's all, it's like no, they're not going to blame you for that. <laughs> like the mean kids in school. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's no. what my demons say happens. Anyway. <laughs> Are you a like? Are you a fan? I mean, obviously, we were talking about Critical Role, but you're a fan of ta- obviously you're a fan of tabletop. Like, do you mm-hmm. have uh, favorites? Like, any favorite uh, uh, campaigns or like favorite books? Well, like, which ones oh, do you like to play? Oh God, I've played a whole bunch of different systems. Like everything from D and D. I started quite recently, so I played my first campaign last year, um, and I'm in two offline campaigns at the moment, and I'm having so much fun. Um, but I've played a whole bunch of Vampire the Masquerade. I've played uh, Song of Ice and Fire a lot. That's the Game of Thrones uh, mm-hmm. game. Um, God, so many different systems. Um, and each of them is is really cool. I really enjoy Vampire the Masquerade. Um, oh, that, yeah. is, that is one franchise I would love to be in one of their video games. If you're listening, casting people, please call me. I love being a vampire. Um <laughs> Yeah. I've heard, I've heard vampire uh, like that. That campaign is really good. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's great. Like, what about like? Who doesn't want to be a sexy vampire? 
Who doesn't want that? Well, I mean, for maybe for me, I don't really want to be a sexy vampire. No? But for se- no, I mean, I'm going to be like a more like an engaging, like one that would just be a creature of the night, like you know, like a like yeah. a like a Brom Stroker's kind of uh-huh. kind of thing. You know, that one. Well, the, I mean, more- there's a class for that. Oh, there is. They've, they've got also, yeah. They're not all. They're not all Toriadors. That's a. Yeah, they're not all the sexy artistic types. There are all sorts of different vampires within that, so you could you could play whatever class you yeah. want. Yeah, I don't want to be like a yeah, Twilight, cool. a Twilight one. The sparkly <laughs> one, no. the, the bedazzling one. I don't want to be that one. No, <laughs> yeah. they've got they've got all sorts of cool classes. Yeah, oh, it's it's okay. a great system. It's really interesting, and you oh. find out way too much about your friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I gotta yeah, try that's that. A lot of fun. Um, yeah, Song of Ice and Fire, I've played a lot, and I love that it's politics heavy. And it does, um, Song of Ice and Fire does um, politics like social combat. Mm. So social if, combat? Yeah, right? so, it's, so it's exactly the same as if you were rolling in combat, but it's for a conversation. Um, oh. So you have like persuasion skills and willpower skills, and if somebody beats you in social combat, they can literally change your character's mind. Oh my which god! Which I find so cool as a as, as a mechanic in the system. Um, like it's a tricky system in some ways, and we homebrew a little bit just to round off the corners. But it's so fascinating and really cool to be part of that world. Oh, then we say change their mind. Are we talking about like manipulative or are we talking about legitimately changing your mind either, completely? Either way. Either oh, way. Wow. It depends on whether you're deceiving them or persuading them. They're two separate skills. Um, yeah. I played a lot of Call of Cthulhu and Call of Cthulhu Dark Ages, which is really good fun. I played a, a very, very stupid lady called Lady Alice, who I, um, uh, I, she had amazing, like she was hugely attractive, but dumb as a bag of rocks. And that <laughs> role play is so much fun to play because she was she was sort of like Joanna Lumley, but like she'd been dropped on her head repeatedly, and she was very literal. My my favorite line of hers <laughs> was once somebody went, "Oh, what brings you here, my lady?" And she went, "Oh, it was a horse." Um, very little like there's something so wonderfully freeing in a horror campaign playing somebody who has no clue what's going on (laughs) that's great yeah oh that would be true bleeding from the eyes and she was like congratulations you're a woman now (laughs) oh my god it just makes me happy and that was that was in the the middle of lockdown you know who doesn't want that levity are you all right I don't know how your how your how your campaign people would be like straight faced throughout the whole game. <laughs> it was the battle every day, but they were equally funny. Like this was technically a horror campaign, but the DM knew exactly what he was doing. He put those people together. He brought it on himself. <laughs> Did you have you ever DM'd a, ga- a campaign yourself no. or no? No, no. I've uh, like I mentioned, I've got really bad ADHD, and the thought of having to focus on that many things simultaneously just ruins me. Like all the things that I mean, it's all stuff that makes me good at my job in the booth. Um, like hyper focusing on one thing and blocking everything else out, but um. Yeah, much as I I would love to be that person who can now swan in and and be like, yeah, and I'm, I'll be a DM in real life. I've got way too much respect for the people who do that than to ever attempt. Like nobody would have a good time. Wow. Nobody would have a good time in that in that game. Uh, yeah, like, I'm I'm a player. I'm a player. Oh, I just want to roll some dice. You know. 
Yeah, me too. I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree with that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, I've never finished. I'm, I'm like, it's funny. I love Baldur's Gate, but I have never played a D&D campaign. And I've never played. Uh, uh, yeah, the only campaign I've ever played was a game called uh, was Starfinder. I think it was like Pathfinder, but it was Starfinder. Uh-huh. the ones in space. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I loved it. I loved it. We never finished it. And uh, but like I've been like saying to my friends, like, dude. Let me know when you do a D&D campaign because I would love to try playing yeah. again. It's like experiencing do, you, it. do you feel like you would find the character roll up easier now that you've played Baldur's Gate? You know, it's funny because like I don't the the character the character roll up sheets are actually not as bad to me. I like like I love creating the characters. I love like mm-hmm. you know the background characters and then setting up the uh, you know their points and like their their. Mm-hmm their uh, synopsis of like why they're doing it or why they're so crooked or extra and whatever (laughs) (laughs) but it's just the campaign sometimes it just usually like every time i try to start it it just it either fizzles out or or just it's hard to find that right group it happens like and a lot of it is situational you know it's the the common gm complaint i think (laughs) anybody who runs a show like that like comparing diaries and getting people to commit to a regular thing it's it's really rough even yeah, in right. established groups, like oh yeah, that's just a thing. Especially when you're grown up too, and you have you have responsibilities and jobs and stuff. It's like oh okay, try, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Ruining all my fun. Why wasn't I into this when I was a kid? I know, right? It's so much easier. <laughs> oh, but and, uh, how much of like how much of you, like you yourself, uh, do you mm. uh, put in the roles that you play in the booth? Ooh, that is an interesting question. I think. Every role I play is an aspect of me turned up to 11. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's the best way. Because you have to be able to relate to a character, right, to bring it to life. Otherwise, you're just doing a cartoon of a person. Whereas it, and I, I tend to play sort of more emotionally rounded, complicated, because I've got, I've got a psychology background. So that's where I will always come into characterization. But uh, yeah, I tend to play more complicated characters than that. And if you can't find a way of getting into their heads and like believing that that person is making the right choices, then you're not going to be able to bring them to life. You're not going to do them justice, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, I love like uh like when your character's a uh, malady in in mm-hmm. Ritual Sin too. It's like so many like like quips and stuff like she had I said like her. like the the like she just like quick it just it seemed like it was she's a quick quick on her feet kind of situation yeah. uh, uh on that so like when you were in that mode uh when you were voicing her like did you just say okay is this me in this situation if i if, it, if i was her in the situation this is what i would do or or is this like kind of like uh like uh you know it's- malady malady's a hard one to answer that for because malady is basically me with crazy amounts of power like malady is the first character i voiced that felt like me that i could really relate to in a way and that kind of snarky it's the first script i've had where i've just gone i know exactly how i want to read that and i really hope they'll let me um i wasn't sure until i got in the booth um and funnily enough that was directed by josh who you hear me talking to in some of the outtakes videos um who directed me for a whole bunch of Baldur's gate 3 as well um malady is uh snarky and takes no shit and um i i like her because it, <laughs> larry and keep doing this with me they cast me as women that you can't sleep with 
but you have to engage with in order to further the plot. Like, <laughs> you can ignore me if you want, but you're staying on that fucking island, mate, until you learn to just have some humility. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think she she stops players having too much main character syndrome. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Well, that, well, yeah. She's she's a good assist character, or you know, secondary character that's mm. not pulling away from the main story of it. But like, yeah, 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 no, yeah. But no, but you were terrific in that role. I definitely, Aww, loved, I loved her. You. Yeah, she was really good. I miss her. I love playing her. <laughs> Maybe I want to play her more. <laughs> oh, that's true. And uh, and I mean, and you like, I mean, your voice in general, like, uh, you have a very like distinct, powerful like. You know, very powerful voice. I would say, like, uh, it's it's pretty. I'd say it's pretty rare to see, like, for like, pretty rare to hear, like, a a, a woman at this kind of level, like, with that kind of octave mm-hmm. and that's kind of scale. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. How hard? Like, I was kind of wondering. I didn't know if I wanted to ask this <laughs> directly, no, but I was like, but like, how hard? Like, I mean, is, is it was it harder for you to kind of get roles like because of it? Because of it? Because like, I think like like you sound like a leader, like a leading person. In, in, in like and in, then in kind of in, in that kind of role because I'm like she would be either the villain of something that would be perfect uh-huh. of or she could be something right? like that. yeah something memorable yeah. like is it but is it like how like your 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 trek of like trying to get these kind of roles like was it a is it a like how much of a task was it for for you to kind of uh, to kind of get well, in? I think uh, I think this kind of thing illuminates the voiceover industry honestly, um, because there are two different sets of thinking and two different types of roles. Like my tone is incredibly memorable, but that does mean that I'm not going to get cast as much. I don't have as much versatility. I'm not a parrot. I do like three accents and that's it. You know, I could sit and learn more, but I know where my skill set is. Like this is it. Um, and it's castable. I get cast as a lot of roles that were originally written for men, say, when they want somebody like that. <laughs> like, oh, we need more women in this. Oopsie, we wrote too many men again. They've done um, that before? Like, they've switched? Oh, yeah. To- yeah, loads. Oh, nice. They just gender flip the role and and go, well, oh, see what Millie can do with it. And, uh, yeah, I've played a whole bunch of characters like that. But then you have people like like my other half is, um, is a voice actor as well, and he is an incredible incredible like parrot of a person he can do uh, so many different voices and accents and i think um he works way more than me because he's versatile i don't have that uh, i'm too memorable in a way <laughs> like my 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 tone makes me notable and i think unless that's used carefully it can it can kind of pull people out of the game experience oh um, okay but what yeah. if it wasn't necessarily gaming itself, though? Like, I mean, I could see, like, like uh, being a like an antagonist, uh, like a oh, uh, like a antagonist <laughs> of the of the story of something. Uh-huh. Like, they could they they could make a role, like they make a role for yeah, you. Yeah. Like, oh wow, this like it's like oh my god, you hear? Did you hear her? Like 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 say this this line? It's like <laughs> we gotta we gotta make her the bad oh, guy. You are unprepared. You are unprepared. I I haven't actually played like out and out villains before. Um, I usually play characters that seem like they might be villains when you first meet them, and then you slowly get to know that there's more under the hood, and there's complexity, and there's logic and sympathy there. But this year, I have played two roles specific, one particularly that are just 
the biggest pieces of shit you have ever met in your life. Just an atrocious person. And I won't even say an atrocious human being because she's a vampire. She is the most awful character I have ever read in my life. And I had so much fun bringing her to life. It's from uh, a game called Nighthawks. And she's just awful. <laughs> just scenery chewing bitch. And I had so much fun. I you know I killed you bad like the bad guys always get the the funnest roles so I, mm-hmm. I swear <laughs> yeah uh, I had a ball oh man oh no well, I, yeah I'm just gonna yeah I'll be your number I'll be your cheerleader to try to get try to get oh. you <laughs> so because that that's that, oh. I mean, they have to hear it it's just it was like every like your voice in uh your your narration voice let alone which we'll come up to in a minute but like mm-hmm. just the subtlety the the subtlety and darkness like it was just nice dark tone while it's just nice and subtle but it was just soothing enough to be like to make the story go you know uh to go along and i'm just like wow this is just this is perfect narration in my opinion oh, uh towards you. that yeah that's why i love that's why i was like oh man i got i gotta find a way to talk to her <laughs> talk to you <laughs> i would love to talk to her. Oh, I'm glad so, yeah you did. yeah have you so played a stock edge yet i'm not i'm actually uh uh, uh i'm there but no i have mm-hmm. not i i am i have not yet though i'm waiting for my friend yeah I'm, that I'm looking... is a different style of narration really um, it's still me uh, oh my god but you will notice some definite differences <laughs> Oh god! That's all okay. I'm gonna say. If you thought it had a dark tone to it before, you are. I will let you ready. know when I get there. And I'll be like, oh my mm-hmm. god, <laughs> that's freaking crazy. The thing we wanted to do all the way through it was have no matter what kind of character you played, I am your dungeon master. I am the voice in your head. I'm not somebody outside judging your choices. I'm with you and I'm approving of your choices. And I'm kind of like, okay, apart from when you roll a one, in which case I will mercilessly mock you. <laughs> um, but, but each, uh, I think we ended up with 16 different narration styles. 16? Mm-hmm. Oh not, not like the whole script, but yeah. um, for, for particular moments and particular choices for each character. Um, and, if, so if you're playing as like Lazel, you get a different style of narration to if you're playing Dark Urge or Astarian or Shadowheart or Will. Um, everybody's got their own slight subtle difference. And then there are the moments when the tadpole is influencing you and that goes a little more dark and smirky and manipulative. Mm. If you've got a patron, say a, like a fey patron is very light and bouncy and fairy, whereas a hellish patron is, you know, it's it's more devilish and... Um, yeah, we ended up with 16 different styles of reading. So depending on the choices you make, you have a different dungeon master, which I really love. So does it get dark? Like, so let's say theoretically, if I was going like a full dark path, like does it, does the Mm -hmm. tone, the tone of your narration goes kind of, kind of goes with you too, like to that level, or does it still kind of wave in the middle until you like, Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) No. No, for Dark Urge particularly, I'm with you at the beginning. Like, I am you. I'm with you. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you've got a Dark Passenger with you for the entire of that playthrough. I love this this game. (laughs) (laughs) And I had a ball with that because it's it's such a different style of of voicing. It was very, like... um, like if if I was doing the narration for a starian say there was there was that hint of predatory, but it was kind of playful. Mm-hmm. 
Dark Urge, we just got rid of the playful, like, we, I just want to tear the world apart, like, it's, like, animalistic, um, oh and it was God. really cool to just bed down in that and see what came out, because some of the stuff I'm describing is, mm-hmm. Oh no! Okay, I definitely got. Yeah, okay, send me an email when you. I will definitely you send you an email when I do. Oh my god! And uh, by the way, which congratulations on being like one of the pieces of making Baldur's Gate three like an incredible experience. And uh, I know we've talked about it before, but like, uh, did you expect this game to blow up the way it has? <sighs> That's really hard to answer. I. I think the closer it got to the game being released, the more aware I was of what a big deal it would be. And I knew it was its basically D&D the game. So I knew that would be a big deal. I didn't realize it would be this big a deal. Um, and you're never quite sure, I think, while a game's still in development, how, uh, how successful that will be. Um, and it's a hell of an undertaking what Larian have done. I think it's a testament to, to what they do and how they do it that people's opinions of early access and people's opinions now it's just as enthusiastic um they've they've got this fantastic way of making the players part of the process of development rather than just going it's early access okay now it's out you know and the and the like the panels from hell they were doing i love that they show that warts and all like if sound problems happen sound problems happen there's no it, they don't try to be anything other than what they are and i've been working for them for a, a long time now and i can categorically say they are just as much fun in real life as they appear to be from the side like that's what I was like, yeah. Just wondering because, like, when you see like the main, the CEO in the full bale of armor, and then just trying to <laughs> yeah. promote the, yeah, it's, I, it's like, <laughs> I guess imagine him just decide just doing that, even off the cameras. I think he would be doing that too, in yeah. uh, in a way. He did. Oh yeah, wow, yeah. I'm not surprised. He's, I mean, they're all they're all so much fun, so much fun, and it shows in the writing, it shows in everything, and that kind of. It's so rare to see that in a video game company. I think when when people are like, "When's it out? When's it out?" for somebody to just go, "When it's ready," <laughs> <laughs> like that's great. That's I think we need more of that. Just just the uh, brutal honesty of the video games industry. It's it's happening more now. Yeah, I totally um, agree. I just think it's a little bit tough. Smile, right? Yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there. I think the problem is that the industry is so closed off because mm. of they're worried about because they know. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not talking bad about like gaming community itself, but mm. rather the like when the person when the person gets a date or the 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 regular gaming community really like will get to you if they don't get if they don't get what they want uh -huh. in in that game. So they so they've just naturally kind of shelled up and. Mm -hmm. Now, when it's when you see a like a company like Larian, which Larian has been fairly transparent for the most part of this game, uh, to do it kind of opposite to what everyone else is doing, it mm -hmm. it's like okay, the uh, okay, it's like okay, it's possible, just yeah. <laughs> just got, but you got it, you got it's possible. It's just yeah. really scary. It's just really really scary. It's like you're you're, yeah. you're exposed a little bit. Exactly, yeah. that's just what it is. And so. it, it takes a lot of trust, I think within the company for for something like that to happen like larian is special i've said it mm -hmm. before they they there's some weird kind of magic that goes on with that lot and <laughs> it it shows it shows like some of these characters in this game i've 
never seen that kind of um, delicacy and intricacy in in a character before. And they're broaching some topics that I think really hit home with people, you know, a Starian story or Karlak's story or Will's story, like everybody can relate to something that one of these characters has gone through. And I think that's why people are, are just so in love with them and why there's so much of this incredible fan art. God, I'm jealous of the fan art. There's me as a disembodied voice. Just like, that's a lovely picture of Karlak. Well done, Samantha Bayart. But it makes sense, right? Like when people relate to a character on such a visceral level, when they feel like, like a company has heard them, and is telling a story that they needed to be told publicly because you know some people aren't ready to explore that in real life or when they're giving you options surrounding like appearance or gender identity or, or whatever like some people aren't ready to explore that in real life now yeah and this allows them to feel seen or allows them to um explore a plot line that they maybe need to explore eventually on their own but right now this is the first step i i just think that's such an incredible gift god that sounds twee doesn't it but you know what i mean <laughs> i know what you mean it's I mean, it, it, no it's perfect it's perfect and uh, i mean <laughs> and uh like uh uh was it like overall throughout your experience uh making this game though too was it difficult to find the voice itself of being the narrator i mean you said you were going through 16 different mm-hmm. tones of it but i mean i could just imagine they'll be like you know try the tweaking levels of what you're trying to do just <laughs> must have been maddening sometimes well we cut no weirdly it's it sort of evolved on its own because when we first did the recording for early access it was all much closer to the kind of tadpole reads that we've ended up with for the final release so it was it felt very outside like a like a dm sort of cocking their hip and smirking and oh dear you rolled really badly oh let's see what happens when you touch that oh dear it was um i think the direction i was given initially was scar from the lion king that kind of like oh no um and that was fun but i think for the course of a game this long that would have been exhausting for players like that that's being dommed essentially for 200 hours that's a lot you need a breather and a, like a well a wellness check-in a couple of times during that it i i think they made completely the right call to bring some light and shade to it um so that that tone ended up only being used when we were being deliberately manipulative i think um in in real life D campaigns and any kind of tabletop campaign really it's it's sort of the cardinal sin to tell a a player how to feel or what to think you you want your players to feel like they've got control over parts of their lives and their character is theirs um so you don't ever really want to take that away um so the moments that we were doing that we felt it was very important to make it obvious that we know we're doing this to you Yes, you are out of control. Yes, you are thinking this. You are deliberately being manipulated. We recognize that. Just relax. This is supposed to be happening. You'll get control back in a minute. Uh, um, I like that. Yeah. You, you know, like, uh, uh, it's actually kind of thinking, like, the way in my mind, like, the way how the narration works, mm-hmm. it feels that 
the the narrator the narrator really is the the, the worm that's in your mind that's making <laughs> you go through all of this you know and it's just like it's all in your head throughout the whole yeah. throughout the whole process i think uh, for parts of it that was definitely the vibe we were going for like the manipulative moments when you're using the parasite for sure um and that was very deliberate but the rest of the time i'm just kind of like like the voice in your head that you've always had there um just somebody who understands you because i'm i'm there for a purpose i don't i don't think many people have burrowed down into exactly when it happens but the narration in this game only happens when there's something that you can't visibly see um so i'm explaining something you're thinking or something you're feeling or smelling or something you remember the rest of the time i shut the hell up yeah um which is kind of what a real life dungeon master would be doing because they would set the scene and describe the stuff that you can see as you walk into a room but i don't need to do that in this because you can see it Mm -hmm. so i'm only describing the things you need um it's it's a tool i'm i'm the voice in your head i like that (laughs) i like that I think I love some of the parts though. Like I think like one of the things was uh, I guess it's not really a spoiler, but like when you meet the owl, uh, an owl bear, and then you just yeah, (laughs) and then you go through that whole little the little routine and just how you you're so monotonally like it's actually kind of eerie because he's like oh (laughs) his mom died oh what he's just eating it he decides starts eating her Mm -hmm. and I'm just like oh my god (laughs) it's like that was that was the really fun bit like figuring out which bits we were going to push and make a big deal about and which bits we were going to just sit back and make it as undescriptive as possible and let the words do it. So unless unless your dark urge, anything that's sort of body horror tends to be a bit more flat and not quite monotone, but I'm not dining out on those words because they don't need to be pushed. It's almost creepier if you're just like, you can you can see inside, oh, look, a rib. Like this happens every day. Like it's just casual. Like you did this, you monster. It's um, just like if you don't acknowledge the horrendousness that you're seeing before you, and mm-hmm. you just make it like it's like a Tuesday, then it makes yeah. it even it makes it worse. Yeah. You're totally Doesn't right. Doesn't that make the listener feel so much more uncomfortable? It really does. <laughs> you've, yeah. you've done that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> in this. yeah. Me, me and Josh played around with that a lot, like how to tweak things so that the uh, we're not trying to um tell somebody how to feel but the the read style will just instinctively make you feel uncomfortable at times that was really fun to play with <laughs> and i mean i i know that there was t- had to have been times that were like very crazy that you just had to read that you read and you and uh uh was there like any moments during your session you had to pause and compose yourself to read uh read uh, any of the lines or just nothing that crazy nothing that crazy no like no that? never what never wow. i've never done i was a consummate professional i did everything in one take there was no <laughs> laughing no fun I definitely don't have four videos of outtakes and God knows how many more to Those outtakes edit. were lies? <laughs> all lies? Yeah, gotcha. it was all acting. I'm... Yeah, I don't, I don't mess up. Don't be stupid. Um, yeah, we laughed a lot during those sessions. Because, I mean, come on. If you come up against a word with four apostrophes in it, or or you have to describe like a tentacle doing things or the, or some a sentence with the word tug and meat in the same like i'm sorry i'm too juvenile to deal 
with that I have to be able to laugh and it it was so much text as well we were reading so much and the sessions went on for so long I think that levity that that sense of fun really helped bring it to life like it kept the energy going in those sessions and it weirdly didn't affect the word count it didn't affect like how long the sessions took wow really um, yeah, because you get energy from that kind of thing. If you're just reading off a spreadsheet, like the reads are going to end up being a bit flat and a bit exhausted and you'll just copy rhythms over and over again, you know? Whereas if you're having fun, you've got the energy to play with it and and just enjoy yourself. So while there were a lot of outtakes, um, I think it helped. In a weird way. <laughs> that is actually kind of funny. Like I've, I have uh, uh, one of my favorite things to check out uh, on your, your uh, was your TikTok. Uh, <laughs> you definitely check out her TikTok. It's freaking hilarious, uh, and on on her YouTube too. But it was the Baldur Gate three outtakes and uh, like you must have like I just think to myself, I'm like, man, you must have had like incredible foresight to share these to everyone. Um, um, it, like to, to decide to keep them yourself. I mean, did you record them yourself, or was that something that Larian did? Oh, you did yeah, yourself. No, no, no. This, okay. Yeah, I um, so I recorded all of Baldur's Gate three from my home studio. So I was linking up with the directors live. They were directing me live, and I would record at my end and then send them the audio. And we got to, I think it was the beginning of twenty twenty one, um, and I dropped the Larian people had a message and I was just like, can I, can I do something with all the outtakes? Like they're really funny. Um, do you, are you going to do something with that or, or can I do something? And they were like, no, no, go for it. And I was trying to be so like super professional about it. And you know, Oh, well, of course I'll, I'll send you copies so that you can proof them before they go live and you can tell me to adjust edits or do whatever, whatever you need. And they just went, no, we trust you. Like, oh, okay. I, I guess I'd better be really careful not to mess up then, huh? Oh, um, it, it's just so unheard of for a company to have that level of trust in an actor. Um, I definitely felt the weight of that trust. Like, I, wow. don't, I, I don't want to make them regret that. So I'm very careful and I'm a very picky person anyway. So I will mm. always try my best to, to make them good. But I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting was, the reaction I got for sure. There was just a lot of spots that were just like, like, like you were saying, the like four apostrophes in one word and stuff. Like it's just like, like how you come across it and how you react towards some of these things. It's just they're yeah. they're, they're priceless. And I was that's, just like, that's wow. real me, right? Because the the dungeon master is so in control. No matter what tone of voice we're using for her, she's she's sort of this omnipotent being who who knows exactly what's going on and has all the power and that's not me i'm an idiot i'm the one who's laughing at the words tug and me i'm i'm an infant in a 42 year old body um yeah it's, it's such a great so no, so, i loved it no i mean honestly, like oh it's, i'm sorry um, no it's it's made the the process of doing all the interviews and stuff for this so much easier because I think before I was worried that I would have to be something. I would have to be, you know, worthy of this dungeon master, whatever that means. Um, whereas having a bunch of people just go, you are funny. We like you. 
right before something this monumental happens is uh, that's really heartening. That's made me feel like I've found my people and I don't have to be afraid to be me. You know, oh, that's good. That's great. It's even better, though. It's also makes it a better. I say it's a better interview when you're actually a straight like straight. Uh, it's straight up instead of having a map, put a facade. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. For sure. Because like, you can hear it, right? You can hear all yeah. the NDAs and the I must hit this talking point and this talking uh, like it's you know, so it was, nice to not have to pretend. It's funny because like when they, we used to a long time ago, we used to go to conventions and then we had like we always got invited to these certain kind of junkets. And I'm not saying who or we talk to, but more like uh, when you have to talk about something specifically that they're just talking about the project itself. I got mm-hmm. it, it got a little bit tiring. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want to do these anymore. I just like because yeah. it's everyone. It's everyone. Everyone does. Everyone does the same thing. It's the same. So I'd rather like I like having this kind of scenario yeah, where yeah, I was yeah. able to reach yeah. out chill and 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 uh and discuss i'm just like i think it's more home bo- it's more homely than it is uh, naturally so yeah absolutely yeah i guess <laughs> it, i've got all that to look forward to conventions <laughs> and stuff convention oh God. season isn't nearly upon us it, at this point in time nowadays like convention i don't think convention season ever leaves at this point there's no, always a convention every true. weekend <laughs> but i've never been to one before where people really gave a shit who i was Oh, so this yeah. is going right. to be weird. Like change. all of us, like the main cast for Baldur's Gate three are going to rock up to London Comic Con together. Oh yeah, what's that going to be like? I'm I'm just so grateful I get to go through this with a pre built team of people. Mm-hmm. You know where we're all going through this together. If oh, I was yeah. on my own, this would be terrifying. That is very true. That's a good point. <laughs> well, hopefully, when you make it to the states, I'll, I hopefully will be there. <laughs> Probably there oh, to cover awesome. and stuff. Yeah. That'd be pretty nice. Uh, and uh, also, like I've seen you, like uh, not you yourself, but I've seen you like uh, see streams of Baldur's Gate Three uh, uh, itself. Do you have a personal favorite, like class or race uh, in 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 the game itself? Ooh, I think. Um... I've really enjoyed just watching people playing uh, all the different ones, to be honest. I don't have a preference as far as watching is concerned. I I will always like prod, especially my really nice friends. I will prod them in the direction of Dark Urge just to see (laughs) the reaction Um, because I'm an awful person. And I... uh, that's a side of me I don't get to show very often. And I just want to see their reactions, honestly. but I think if I'm playing, I would probably go either bard or druid. Mm. Yeah, okay. Because um, yeah. I like the so- I usually play quite high social scores characters, um, so that feeds into the bards. But druids are a hell of a lot of fun. I'm playing one of those yeah. in my I've- offline campaign at the moment. I haven't seen like I haven't played one yet, but like I've seen people play that they're all turning into different kinds of animals and stuff. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. this looks like fun. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I'm so looking forward to like, exploring all that. Oh wow! But it's it's a great um it's a great introduction, I think, because I I was really worried. I hadn't played D and D before my role in this game was announced, and I felt like a bit of a fraud because I played a lot of tabletop but never D and D. So I'm sort of playing catch up now and learning about the system and getting comfortable with all that sort of thing. Uh, for me, character roll up is always a very, um, a, I'm not like you, I, I find it quite scary and intimidating to roll up a character. Once I've got the character, I, I can just drop into them like that. But 
until then, the decision-making process I find quite stressful. So I think this game will help because I'll get to play in a in a kind of consequence-free environment and see if I like a class, see if I like a certain spell. That's fair. Make a decision that way. Well, do you uh, like uh, would you so like would you when it's the time when you had to create your character? Like, mm-hmm. how long does it? Would you say it takes you to? To oh, make forever. a character on the table. <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be one of those people who's in character creation for like four hours, just like, mm, the <laughs> eyebrows are not right. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I like to build characters' um, personality first and then pick the skills that make sense for that personality. I'm not I'm not a min-maxer. I don't, I don't um, create a character just to win fights. Right. I'll I'll create a a character with flaws and like dumb skills that are just fun, you know. Like I'm playing a a centaur druid at the moment in one of my offline campaigns, and she gets a, a musical skill as part of her roll up. I've deliberately made her shit at it because um, that's funnier. <laughs> so yeah. there's always all the decision making. There's always a there's a reason for everything that you yeah. that you put for that character. Yeah, That's... I want I want it to make sense as a character to be fun and be a bit different rather than just something with really good stats. <laughs> like a mage that doesn't know how to use magic very well. Yeah, yeah. Well, like that. You don't you say that. I'm uh, my other character at the moment is a tabaxi thief. So imagine like tiny little cat person. Um she has incredible um thievery ability but there's another person in our group who's also playing a thief and i didn't want our campaign to be us just repeatedly getting kicked out of towns because we stole everything so i thought it would be more fun if that character got to do a lot more thieving and my character was almost in rehab for stealing (laughs) like she'd got in loads of trouble for it so many times before she didn't want to ruin things so every time we um are around something that's uh enticing shall we say i'm rolling to see how enticing she finds that and how able to resist she is which is so much <laughs> juicier right like that does I, don't give a different angle. I don't need it i don't need it <laughs> just jonesing it for her. yeah <laughs> that's, that's so much more fun for everybody that it's hilarious i do love that all mm. right and my final question to you is uh, what is one of the funniest or weirdest voice lines that you could remember doing? Doing <laughs> like it doesn't necessarily need to be Baldur's Gate, but like uh, just uh, whatever. Any, anyone. Some of them I can't <laughs> talk about yet. There were some uh, cracking ones in Nighthawks that I can't talk about yet. There have been some excellent ones in Hades too, which I can't talk about yet. Um, Baldur's Gate three. I think some of my favorites are either the fourth wall breaking ones where you do something really dumb in a town and I'm just like, you're an idiot. Why have you done that? Stop it. The the ones where the it's clearly the, the dungeon master just calling you an idiot. Just out um, of character completely. Yeah, yeah just like, oh God, it's this like, sense of just <laughs> massaging her temples like oh why did i why am i running this campaign with these people this was a bad um, idea <laughs> yeah. it's like one of one of my favorite ones though um there is a brothel uh that you i, I don't want to spoil it too much there uh-huh. is a brothel and there is an option there that you would not expect to be in a brothel and it's the funniest thing I I just I love it. 
I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you're totally like, right. Why would anybody ask for that? But it's so unexpected. It's perfect. Um, yeah, I laughed for a long time recording that one. Oh, God, that's great. That's great. Uh, Amelia, it was a pleasure talking to you. I really appreciate you geeking out with me today. Um, but it, also, I would love for you, if you could be able to let the folks know, like, what's your TikTok or YouTube that people could check you out oh, and God. see your outtakes? <laughs> uh, my TikTok, I am, I'm on TikTok as the Amelia Tyler. Oh, so you know when it's <laughs> serious when it's, you have a yeah. V in front well, of it. I had to because there was another Amelia Tyler. This is, this is what happens. Like none of my usernames are the same, annoyingly. I'm just Amelia Tyler on Twitter and I am continuing to call it Twitter. Um, I'm up on Cameo. If you want a personalized message, I do that. Uh, I'm on Instagram and it, it just, you can find me. You can find me. <laughs> I'm around. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Amelia. It was a pleasure talking to you. Nice talking to you, too. All right. And guys, thank you. Thank you. If, folks, If once again, if you love this interview, uh, on, we also check out the rest of the other interviews that we've done in the past. Go check out our YouTube page, the CFG, and uh, also go to our website, confreaksandgeeks.com, for some more awesome content. So once again, this is Davis signing off. Y'all, take it easy.